Good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, Wednesday the 28th of June. Jeez, we're nearly through June already. Coming up to July, a big good morning to you up there in Auckland. Tamaki Makoto, Kempi, Rick Dahl, Kez, Aroha, and everyone out there. Man, it was pouring down last night in the south. Wow, we. I thought we were going to blow it away and have another wee lake dag outside and forming, but uh, mate, there's plenty of rain going around. It's bad. I'm over it. I know plenty of you around the country are over it too. Big good morning to you, Ken Pete. Morena, atamari, brother. Yes, mate, yeah, that rain's finally got down there. That was the one I was talking about yesterday. It's finally hit the South Island. Mm. I, I also got a, um, I got a, a WhatsApp message from our mate Joe and Gizzy yesterday showing me some of the roads, mate, over there on the way to work um, being cut off in all... Um, down there in, in the uh, Coast Road it is, I think I'm just looking for the road here, Coast Road uh, in Gisborne. Honestly, it looks like the whole countryside's moved and the road yep. has been chewed up. Oh, look, I feel real sorry for those those guys down on the East Coast. They're going through some torrid time, and you're dead right that rain. Another one, another shot out from Muruai yesterday. They're calling it Lake Muruai down by the golf course there, if everyone knows that, down in the car parks there, leading down to the beach. Um, at the bottom of the, at the of the golf course is all all laked up again. So that rain that's coming through, it's atrocious here at the moment. If you don't think global warming's happening, seriously, yeah. go and headbutt yourself. Um, yeah. There's 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 there's, glo- there's How global. How do you do that, uh, mate? You just walk up. I don't know. I used to have, I used to have, I used to have this mayday, and like we play first fifteen, and we're looking looking around the room. You know, we're first fifteen and. Mm. Used to always hear we had a really good good rugby team in Clifton. You know, Colin Cooper used to play for it. Um, a good mate, good mate of the Fano, Colin Cooper, and um, we used to all think we want to play for Clifton rugby. You know, <laughs> playing first fifteen, we had a mate in our rugby team, and we're me and Bruce. You know, Bull Sharrick, he was a captain of our first fifteen team. He was a real good player. Ball before he uh, he received a pass off a off a winger once and it and it ruined his knee, mate. It was never the same. Um, he actually played for New Zealand Community All Blacks way back then. I used to call it. You know, we used to pick a a team of community players and take them overseas. I think he travelled over to Canada back then. So he was he was he's a decent football anyway. Um, I digress, but we're going away from the story. Sitting there in the change rooms and we're getting teared up. We used to have these we we used to have these pylons in the middle of the. Of the change room was right underneath the science room. It was just an old storage room, and we'd converted it into a change room where Mr. Peter, Peter Gaul used to be. Uh, hopefully, Gaul is listening because he'll piss his pants listening to this. And um, we're sitting there under the under the under the uh, science room in our change room, and the boys are cheating themselves up. I was never one, you know, when guys used to scream and yell. It used to make me laugh more than make me G up. So I just have to try and switch off. I was just the type of person I was, you know. And uh, I'd, I'd try and switch off and I'd look around and our front row is headbutting one of the pylons. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's exactly what I did. It's exactly I looked at Bruce. And anyway, he's caught the pylon wrong and he's looked at me and he's, he knocked himself out. He's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gone all dazed, and I'm thinking, "Oh my god, mate, what are you doing? What are you doing?" But yeah, that's how you headbutt oh. yourself. You get, one of the, you get one of those pylons and just, oh my, just give yourself a butt. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, you cracked me up. I was sitting there going, okay, where's this gun here? Okay, yep, bang. Oh, there's a pylon. So he might be headbutted in that. Mate, absolutely love it. Story time. Okay, I was actually watching Clifton playing the other day on um, Grassroots Rugby. Beautiful blue colours there, and uh, they, they went down. But um, good to see them out there. Colin Cooper's their coach at the moment. You've got Mike Kainga playing for him. He played his 50th game. I played with Mikey Kainga back in the day. He played a bit of super, a bit of NPC. So the good old Clifton Rugby Club there on grassroots rugby. But no, it's horrible weather around there at the moment. Please take care of yourself, particularly in the Gisborne area. That is my home, particularly up in the North Hawke's Bay Gizzy. I haven't been back. I haven't been back since Cyclones. Now, I'm a little bit nervous because... Um, it's changed so much back in home, and, and it's going to be mind-blowing. When you head back, jump on that plane, you're flying in, there's going to be slips everywhere, lots of water. A place like Gizzy hasn't seen the sun since October, and it just it just can't continue on, and, and they are just over it, Ricardo. Like it's, and I know our listener, Joey from Gizzy, he's constantly sending me photos and he, little updates here. It's, I think it's a lot worse than people really uh, understand. Yeah, they're, they're, I've seen some photos, not from Joe, some other photos that were that were posted up about um, basically, you know, you get liquefaction with earthquakes. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they're basically having the same because of the amount of water in the soil that the uh, the ground is actually liquefying, and that's why the roads are so bad mm. because there's nothing, you know, all that uh, the bedrock and the foundation's gone, um, so they're they're just on mush. Uh, and that's yeah, it's uh, it's crazy uh, to see. Hey, if any any boys are out there or, or ladies are out there at the moment, they're milking, which you know a lot of them are um, when they're listening to us first thing in the morning. What what does it actually mean to you? Give us a give us a text on double eight double three when that that uh, that water level is so high. You know, I know I know there's plenty of grass around, um, you know, that, and that's one of the things that they always worry about. But what about the amount of water that's in the in the ground? What does that actually mean for milking? You know, when you're getting your cows and you're moving them around, because you know we know a lot of our listeners they're out there at the moment. They'll be in their sheds um, milking. Does, does it make your job harder? You know, going out there and having to fix things, or make, does it make the ground worse and the grass worse? Well, what what does it actually do? Shifting cattle is going to be tougher, right? Because they've got to, it's going yeah. to be that much boggy. It's going to be that that much harder to shift cattle. It's a bit great fun on a motorbike. <laughs> It'd be good fun on the motorbike. I think it's more about the pasture uh, regeneration. You know, like growing your your paddocks and trying to keep them fed at the moment it's too wet you're not getting any sun so you're not going to get any growth anyway you expect that in winter so they'll be prepared for that but this is going to be a long winter this is going to be a long winter and down here we i think it was about a year ago or two years ago we had a horrific winter and it rained non-stop for like three weeks that's why i formed all these bloody lakes around me we've got the drainage in there now but um Mate, she's pretty crazy times, lads. So take care of yourselves, look after yourselves. We've got a big show coming up, though, don't we, lads? We've got Jerome Kano after 7 o'clock. I've finally tracked him down. He's a hard man to get at the best of times. He's been busy with World Cup duties over there with a couple of big names. All the Rugby World Cup winners have been over in France celebrating, and he's also been a part of Toulouse beating La Rochelle in the French Top 14. So looking forward to having a catch-up with him. And when we got... Uh, 7.40, we've got learnings with big, the rig, Ben Robb. He's a darts player, New Zealand professionals darts player, and we're going to have a catch-up with him and, and learn a lot about darts and how we can get involved. And then after 8, the All Blacks new jersey has been launched today, so hopefully we can catch up with someone, one of the players up there in the north. So a big show for us today, lads. Yeah, lots coming up, mate, lots coming up. And uh, there's also... Um 
I, I thought I'd uh, just just put this out there, boys. Um, there's also uh, a lot of news coming out uh, around uh, the Cricket World Cup as well, because of course we've got the Ashes, second test of the Ashes starting soon. But they've just uh, this is the BCCI because they're, they're co-hosting with Pakistan. And, you know, uh, India and Pakistan love each other so much. Um, The last two World Cups, (laughs) the fixtures and everything have been rolled out 12 months before. We're only a couple of months out. They've finally decided on where some of the games are going to be. And even then, it's like, uh, India, if India make a semi-final, they're going to host it in Mumbai. Unless they're playing Pakistan, then they're going to play it in Karachi. It's like, mate, honestly, it's like Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. India, Pakistan, (laughs) is that, they've got Al Mabadat. Dabad, is it? Is that how you say it? I don't know. Oh, mate, I'm the worst have, one to say. I can't again? even say scooter or shooter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that Cricket World Cup, it's pretty exciting. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the Ashes, actually, Rick, uh, kicking off tomorrow, You know, and whether or not England can come back and bounce back from that first uh, first test loss. It should be it should be pretty good viewing, given the, given the fact that how both teams took a, a I guess, a a stand and, and really put the acid on each other by Baz declaring in that first day and, and Australia having to battle back and then, you know, went right down to, you know, just a few overs and a few balls that catch, or should I say that drop catch by Ben Stokes in that last innings, you know, it has, it's it's sort of Netflix movie stuff again, isn't it? It's looking that way. Yeah, a meta bad. A meta bag. Bad. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I think a, I've made a few bags. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a made a bag is something you pick up at the Dolce & Gabbana store, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, to, to go with your Amida suitcase. Um, but no, that's um, so yeah, we'll be talking a bit about that as well. There's some news actually out of the ashes that I'll bring you when we do the heads a little bit later on. But boys, I, I think it's about time we hit this. If Kez is ready. Can't wait question <laughs> of the day. <laughs> On Tony Kemp timing today, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I just waited till uh, Kez was on the other PC before I threw to that. So he's like, oh, sh- oh, oh. Ah. Uh, can't wait. Question of the day. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, um, the wide receiver, has played a lot of the Texans. Uh, he's actually a free agent at the moment, but that's not the story. The story is that every time he scores a touchdown, he finds his mum in the stadium because she's always got good seats, right? And uh, she lost her sight. She's blind. She's been blind for 17 years. So every time he scores a touchdown, he goes over and finds her and gives her the touchdown ball, which is a great tradition, a great way of celebrating your touchdown. Uh, so I thought, I can't wait question of the day, boys, should be, what's the best celebration in sport when someone's scored? Ooh. Ooh. NFL, they've always got some, some doozies over in the NFL. That's a, that's a lovely touch from DeAndre Hopkins. And where's he going to go? I think that's a, that's a question there. Like he's mate, he's 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 got still quality. Yeah, Texans let him go. He he went. Where did he go after Texans? Uh, he went somewhere else. And he then did. Oh, that's a great. They question. released, but uh, whoever picks him up, that will he'd be fine. Uh, I'd say Odell Beckham. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'll go Gronk. The Gronk smash. Yes. Rob Gronkowski, every time he gets it, he just smashes the ball into the ground. So I'd probably go Rob Gronkowski, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I don't know if you remember Cam Newton. He played yeah. Panthers quarterback. Every time he got through, he'd rip over his chest like he was Superman. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorites. That so anyone in the gold. NFL really enjoyed that one. What about you, Kempi? Oh, yep. Uh, man, I'm going to go back to the old days, the old days of the Warriors. I'm going back to Henry Fafili, 
who oh, uh, yes. would always go down and come up with, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know whether or not he practised these, but we'd get there to the game um, and he'd score a couple of tries and he'd come up. The one I really liked was the, the Robin Hood one, the bow and arrow. We'd get down on one knee and mm. pull the arrow out of the out of the slot and pull it back and just fire it. I thought that was a pretty pretty cool one from Hens. Um, but he came up with a number of number ones. And in the NRL, I think that really took off. The bowling ball, that one, where they bowled the, you know, players <laughs> could have tried, they bowled the ball and the players all skittled over. Um, I, I, I enjoy that sort of stuff. I think it's entertainment, you know, when blokes are, blokes are celebrating uh, scoring a try. You just talk, I was telling Rick yesterday, Izzy, that um, my, mm. I could hear my mum. My mum, we're talking about mums, you know, and, and of course Hopkins running up and kissing his mum. I could hear my mum, mate, on the field. I, I couldn't run further enough away from her. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew that after the game I'd have to go into the aftermatch function and she'd be there and everyone would always say to me, is that your mum? Is that your mum? <laughs> then I was like, yeah, I could hear her too, mate. Yeah. Like, and she used to be one of those Elf. mums. You know those mums that run into the ring? Have you seen that? Who's the mother that run in the ring with a with a bag and hit the boxer? I don't know. Well, that was my mum. Right. My mum would give it to blokes. Absolutely. <laughs> Get off him. Don't leave him alone. Like, all that sort of, can you imagine a rugby league player hearing your mum saying that? that? I, 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 think, I think I told this a little while ago when we were talking about playing it. When I was talking about uh, the, the the heights of my rugby league career at the, at the Howard Cornets, uh, but we, we had a, we had a, it is it all in brawl against Glenfield, and uh, there's by Aaron Aaron <laughs> Hutchison, fun. Aaron Hutchison, who was our hooker, his mum Delilah. Big Sam lady comes running on the field with her umbrella and just starts cocking in the players with her umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> she did yeah, more, that's, she did that's more damage mum. on her own than the other 13 of us, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, passion. Passion from mums and dads, mate. My mum was... She wasn't as vocal as my old man. He was as loud as anything. Oh, he used to fire me up, old Pete. But anyway, uh, but just, just on that celebrations, lads, over in America... It is it is celebrated, you know. People love it. It is entertainment, like you spoke about, Kimpy. But over here, it's frowned upon. And, and what's your take on that? Like when when players score tries here, you know, Rico Iwani is a big example of it at the moment. He's mm. got his own celebration, um, but people in New Zealand see it as arrogance. Yep. They see it as cockiness and 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 not being humble. Like that's just the reality of New Zealand. And whereas in the north. Look at us. We're talking about these wonderful celebrations. People showing their personalities, and and you know, people are talking about it, so it's making a difference. But here, it's seen differently. Yeah, it is seen a bit differently. I I, I think, and which is disappointing, really, because I think you shouldn't mm. celebrate success. Like you know, I get not wanting people to be pork chops, but there's a difference between celebrating something awesome and being a pork chop. I, th- I think it's a good opportunity to talk about tall poppy syndrome. You know, like New Zealand's really bad for it. Um, mm. And you know, it's, instead of celebrating something, because it is a celebration, like you score a try, depending on where mm. where where it is, what time of the game it is. Of course, players are full of emotion and they want to they want to come up with a celebration. But that 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 year that um, Hen started doing it, Henry Fofilly used to do it. It became like a it was a virus. It went through the competition. There's a couple of texts in here saying Piggy Riddell when he he jumped over the over the. Um, the stands and and I think it was Wollongong actually. They he scored a try. He ran and jumped over the stand. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Is he jumped over the stand, sat in the crowd and clapped, <laughs> clapped himself <laughs> for scoring a try. try. 
you know. Um, and just for guys to think like that, think I, I, was, I thought, geez, that's really, that's really clever, um, mate. I'm, I'm all for it. I think, I think if players, you know, depending on the time and and when the the time of the game is, and they get up and they want to celebrate, mm. and players want to celebrate with them, then they're celebrating something that. I guess everyone thought was pretty cool, um, and we should be knocking them for that, you know, saying they're arrogant and. But they know, do, but yeah. they do. I know, everyone, and, and everyone out there, I'd, I'd love to hear if if Kimpy scored a try and he started doing a backwards flip along the dead ball line and and you know showboating a little bit, or, or anything. If our day, our All Blacks today scored a try, one of them scored an awesome, amazing individual try or great team effort, and there was a little bit of celebration behind the sticks. How would you feel? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five zero, eight eleven. Would love to hear from you because it's something that we've been shy of doing because of the backlash in previous years. Is the changing the guard? Are we changing our thoughts now? What's your best Is, celebration? Are we evolving with the times? What's your best one? Nah, was, nah nothing. I'll just throw the ball up. <laughs> That's it. Pretty simple. Throw the ball. Up. I'm trying to remember who it was. There was there was a, one of the um, wide receivers in the NFL who used to get the ball and he would run all the way past the dead ball line up into the stands and then slam dunk it like he'd slam dunk it like basketball over the stand. Yeah, that was, uh, oh, oh, I can't remember who that was, but that was that was a good one. Uh, a couple of texts through about the uh, Piggy Riddell um, from uh, Pat. He said, I think it was Riddell for St. George scored, jumped in the stand, started applauding himself. I've had that one through from Alvin as well. That one's obviously stuck with a few people and Cam in Cambridge as well. And this one, actually, I was going to bring this up because the guy that gets accused of arrogance by New Zealand is a lot. But Israel Adesanya, when he knocked mm. out Alex Pereira, in his last fight to, to get his belt back. Love it. And he just stood there pretending to do the bow and arrow and puh, puh, mm. puh, and yeah. shot him three times as he lay knocked out. There's, on a, guy, the there's a guy who did it on the weekend, did exactly the same. So he pulled uh, Israel Adesanya's celebration out and did the same thing. So it, it's obviously um, stuck in the mind of people. I think, I think Izzy um, Adesanya, his celebrations are second to none, mate. Especially his dancing, like coming in. Mm. Like he celebrates before the fight, not not just after it. <laughs> he does, he does. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. Uh, that is a can't wait, wait question of the day. The best celebration in sport. It is six twenty three here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It's six twenty seven. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven double eight double three. Keep them coming through. Brian from Christchurch, guys. There's enough pork chops on the radio without players doing it. Love it. Mate, Love I hope it. the sun comes out down there in Christchurch, mate. Oh, Brian gets a smile on his face. <laughs> Actually, I listened to Brian one Saturday come on the show on the show, and I was thinking, that's not Brian. He sounds happy. He was chirpy. It was. It was after the Crusaders beat the Blues. Oh, that'll that'll oh, help. That'll help. Um, <laughs> this one from Cam, actually. This is interesting. Do we reckon it's a big difference celebrating before we score and put the ball down than after we put it down and celebrate? I love a celebration, but only after we've put the ball down and scored. Izzy, have you ever cocked that up? Of course I have. You know, you just went straight into that, didn't you? Yes. Yes. I, ne- I never cocked it up, but I came close to going dead. So, yes, put the ball down and then you can go through your routine, something they've rehearsed in the clubs, in the in the nightclubs or at home in your hotel room. They put the ball down first and then you have your chance to celebrate. 
Uh, Brendan Lady, the chainsaw from Otago, used to pull the chainsaw Ooh, when he scored. That's that's a throwback. I like that one. Uh, Tito, Ort- uh, Tito Ortiz of the UFC would pretend to dig a grave when he won. It's a little bit dark. A little bit dark. Yeah, some of them are pretty ruthless, aren't they? <laughs> Uh, Steve well, from the, the, w, the WWE were big on celebrations too, weren't they? Well, I was going to say, Steve from the Nackies just said one through about uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He, he would actually just get, grab a beer, smash it, uh, like chug it, and then smash the can on his head after, he, after he'd won. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a Taranaki thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep them coming through. Double eight, double three, the, uh, the best uh, the best sporting celebrations. That's what we want to hear uh, from you about. Marcus said, morning, boys. In the NRL back in the day, you'd get a high five or maybe a pat on the back. Now, thanks to those bloody Panthers, you get people seeing who can dive the highest onto their mate's shoulders. It's a bit over the top, that one from Mark. Well, you know, that's. I guess there's, that, there's always that danger that you can celebrate too hard and injure somebody or yourself. There's been a few yeah. of those. There's been a few of those injuries um, from celebrating at the... At, after a a, a, a tries been scored and they're jumping up, um, that one that one when you jump, I often think that too when they come in the Panthers. I, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of that one. I think that's really dangerous. But when they jump up, that that little pod moves as they're jumping in the air because you're not going to go anywhere, are you? If they move, you'll go straight past them. I can't wait till that happens because I think that'll be a great celebration. It'll be hilarious. I think there was one that got a uh, guy in trouble. This is going back a few years, probably about 10 years in the Premier League. There was a guy called Jimmy Bullard who played for Hull City and they had played Man City, I think it was, and got absolutely towelled up in the first half. They were like 5-0 down at half time or something. The coach didn't let them go into the change rooms. He made them sit on the field in a circle at half for the whole of half time and stood there giving them the finger going round and going pointing at them all and shouting at them all. Right? So that was so that happened. And then the next time Jimmy Bullard scored, that's how the team celebrated. They all sat in a circle around him and he got, he wagged the finger at them all. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It depends on your makeup and your coaching group, really. If you've got a coach that will allow you to show your personality, do it. But make sure, maybe go and ask before you go and do it. I'll, yeah, I learned the hard way with Steve Henson, and uh, he wasn't the one for celebrations, so you just got to understand. But I, I like it, mate. Show it to be a personality. But, it, yeah, it's I don't know. It's just we just get all uh, uptight and, and everything like that about people celebrating. Show like, your personality. Chill out, relax, enjoy it. Celebrate mm. a moment. Celebrate a moment, that's what mm. I say. Yeah, good stuff. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three is the temper and bedpost text line. And uh, you keep those coming through. We'll get to more of those after the latest in news and sport with Araha. Thanks to Kubota, we are shaping and building New Zealand.